It's the big show at the Heritage Classic at Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton. Brought to you by Tuxedo Sorcerer Sports. Come see why Calgarians continue to choose them for all things hockey. 25-20, center straight north. At the bottom of the hour, on a stool to our left, Maddie's right. Um, the franchise, Eric Francis, will join him. going to ask him kind of the same question that we asked uh, J-Mac. Sure. At the top of the show. Um, what happened to all this no hand of an extension talk? Yeah. Like, what, is, is he signing? Because it felt like when Elliot had that report that it felt imminent, didn't it not? Yeah. Oh, everything was feeling imminent as soon as we heard the report. And when Elliot takes something to headlines on Hockey Night in Canada, yeah. you're like, okay, this is probably you moving can, in the right direction. You can take that to the bank. Yeah, okay. The blood bank, oh. Senator Trent. Oh, oh. That's a Steven Seagal yeah, I movie. Know. I don't think it's, you know that good, one. No, we've talked about it on the show before. So yeah. It's fine. But, yeah, no, that, that's exactly what I was thinking. But then uh, things have kind of slowed down. Yeah, I was listening to Frank's show um, last week a little bit, and he was talking about how he had heard there was maybe a little bit of a hold-up last week, a little bit of a snafu perhaps. So, I don't know. We'll see where things continue to progress. But right now, if I'm the Flames, I'm probably not too antsy to start signing guys. Like, I do understand that you want to retain good players. You always want to. But this is one of those situations where you don't know which direction this team is going to go and the sum of the parts has not been what everybody has wanted up until this point and if you really want to you can be some serious power brokers at the trade deadline later this year if the year does not go the way that you expect it to so yeah um pat steinberg has got the pregame show at the top of the hour puck drop with Derek wills and megan mickelson probably around 5 20 ish or so after the pomp and circumstance of the outdoor game but uh if you're driving into edmonton as a flames fan right now you know what i'm thinking what i'm thinking double bonus what do you mean like it's your birthday and then you find a 20 in your jeans oh that sounds like a double bonus it what do you would mean? be because if the flames win today uh-huh. not only do they desperately need a win yes they'd snap their four game losing streak that's a win that's and, that's one bonus and then they would extend the misery of the edmonton oilers oh so therefore Double, double bonus. bonus. Okay, yeah. yeah, I see where you're going here. Especially in regulation. Well, yeah, and if you're a Flames fan, I'll give you a triple bonus. You get to sit in this great environment and watch a hockey game, and I'm not going to say once in a lifetime, but once in a very long time yeah. opportunity. So that's going to be really exciting for everyone coming in. But like you mentioned, this is a game that could also be double misery for the Flames. Right. There's yeah. the, the other side of the coin there. But you have a big opportunity to go in, show out, enjoy it as much as you can like this feels like an experience you can kind of separate from the rest of the season to a certain extent yeah and you wonder how much good that can do for a group like the flames well and you know what this might be exactly what they needed and you know i don't buy those narratives oh they're going out on the road this is good for the team i don't buy any of those narratives i hate all of those narratives you still have to perform on a night in night out basis and obviously this is something we don't talk enough about games in october mean just as much as games in, in March and April, and I get that the, the, the season ramps up more and it's harder to win games as the season rolls along, but the Flames narrowly missed the playoffs last season, and you can't let this thing get out of hand early on in the season. It's much like in baseball. You can't win the division in, in April, but you can certainly lose it, and the Flames obviously can't make the playoffs here in October, but they can certainly get themselves behind the, the eight ball, so to speak, if they continue to struggle here because that's something we, we've been hammering home before the season, got to get off to a great start. Markstrom has to be good, which he has been, 
but again, this this game feels big, and mm-hmm. I and when you're here and you're looking around, and obviously it's easily to, it's easy to get distracted by how awesome all of this actually is. But man, the Flames need this one. They they desperately need this game, and it's only October, and it's weird to say before hitting a ten game mark. And obviously the team can get hot; they can rattle off a few wins. But watching this team these last few games, like they're in a serious rut, and watching some of those games hasn't been a treat either. Well, they've got five points on the season, two five and one. You look up the standings: the Kraken are there at two five and two, the Ducks are there at four and four, and then you've got the Vegas Golden Knights, the Vancouver Canucks, and the LA Kings, who have all gotten to the ten point mark already here on the young season. Now. All that being said, I think that the Kraken will be a catchable team. I think the Ducks will have a catchable team. It would not surprise me if the Canucks go through a stretch of difficult hockey at some point this year as kind of is the Vancouver Canucks blueprint. I think that they're actually a better team than maybe we thought going into the year, but that doesn't mean that they're um, impervious to a slide themselves. Sure. But you make a great point. You don't want to dig yourself into much of a rut here. It is a pretty veteran team. You know, the only real rookie being Matt Coronado, Solo. Soloyov getting a little bit of look here. It's a tough one. As well, I have a bad Trump five time trying with that one. But you got a lot of veterans, and sometimes it takes them a little bit longer to ramp up. But it's right around here that you start saying, okay, it's it's time to be ramped up. You've you've been given enough runway. Now we need to see you come and compete every single night and, and show what you're working for here. Uh, again, I think I think it's the atmosphere. I think it's where we're sitting. But I'm trying to have some positive vibes mm-hmm. when it comes to the Calgary Flames. After those after those last couple losses, um, what's there to be positive about? Jacob Markstrom. Okay. Uh, the Michael Backlund line continues to be one of the best checking lines in hockey. If you like a middle six group that can check and, and give a little offense here and there, but this is a team that I want to see play good off the rush today because, as we've talked about, this is an Oilers team that they'll give up some chances. So I'd like to see them attack off the rush today. That would be one of the the big things that I'm looking for. The other things that I'm looking for would be uh, just the hard work, especially in the offensive zone. If you're not working, you're not going to get results. And we've seen that the last couple of games. The Blues game was maybe the biggest of all. And Ryan Huska felt that way, called the team out after the game. Now you've had a couple days off. Now you have this. There's really no excuse to not come out here and give all of your effort, especially with a couple of days off before playing on Wednesday. Yeah, uh, again, this just feels like uh, a big game, and and it's game one of the Battle of Alberta. I think, you know, it's awesome out here, but it's it's a matchup of two desperate teams, and what an incredible setting for that to happen. Like, obviously, when we heard about this game and the game was announced, you're thinking, okay, two teams that probably, you know, going to be off to good fast starts, and McDavid is going to be lighting the league on fire. He's coming off an injury. It looks like he's potentially playing today, yep. which is, again, it's a catch-22 for a lot of Flames fans. I'm sure... If, if you're making the drive up here to, and you're sitting in the stands here, you're like, okay, um, McDavid's playing. That sucks for my Flames to potentially win. But also just for a fan of the sport, you kind of want to see him on the ice yep. in such a, an incredible atmosphere here. 100%. Like, again, it's uh, I'm sure a lot of Flames fans are torn. It's like, I, actually, I'd, I'd rather not see him play because then that gives the Flames a better chance. But at the same time, we're here at the Her- at the at the Heritage Classic. It's an outdoor game kind of want to see 97 play you know it's so funny like when i'm sitting here by the rink it just makes me think about going to the odr with my brother and my friends and hanging out here 
And one of the things that is almost uh, constant anytime you go to an outdoor rink is the one kid who is incredibly better than everybody else yeah. on the ice. And that's kind of what it feels like when he's going to be out here tonight. There's yeah. just one guy that is head and shoulders above the rest. You don't know what the highest level of hockey they played is, but it feels like it was pretty high, yeah. and they just kind of run circles around everybody. And as much as it's not necessarily fun to participate in, you still sit back every once in a while and just marvel at what you're watching, and, and that's kind of the, the vibe I get when I think about McDavid being out here today on the outdoor rink in the heart of Commonwealth. Well, I, I'm sure that's why he's he's dying to get back out there. We heard that when he has that quote-unquote upper body injury that it might be a week to two weeks all of a sudden you know I'm, I'm sure he feels the urgency to not only get this team out of its funk but also get onto the ice but I think you brought up a great point early on in the show and it's something that maybe we should talk about is this the best environment for a guy to come out of an injury where you can't if you're Edmonton you can't have that guy on the shelf long term and obviously you know it, it's it, it they do an incredible job with the ice everything but this isn't a regular nhl game there are elements and factors when they play outdoors like this and, and the flames aren't going to take it easy on him no they're not and and you have to be physical against that guy like do you think this is the best potential environment for him to come back because i'm sure he's really pressing the coaching staff to come on the ice for this we don't know what the ice is going to be like i haven't heard i'm assuming too much. it's good it looks good and then like i said we haven't heard very much usually there's you know reports tweets and comments from the media or in the media about the ice if it's not good so i don't know if that's going to be a, an issue in the same way that it has been in, in past outdoor games and that's why you kind of think Okay, the Oilers probably feel pretty good about this. But this also, like you mentioned, feels like one of those instances that you'd have to hide the skates from the guy to keep him from participating in something like this, something as big as this, something that doesn't happen every year, and we don't know the next time that it will happen. So you have to adapt in that way and, mm -hmm. and prepare in a different sense. But I'm I'm a little surprised. It's not a it's not the best but obviously they feel like it is good enough for uh, him to be ready to go here. Um, uh, I can confirm that Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson are here. The broadcast team has made it in. Uh, they're they here. had the right letters on their credentials. They did. Um, and I did see Mr. Pat Steinberg. Also had the right letters on his credentials. Looking super dapper. Uh, but our broadcast team is here. Uh, the left puck drop. Around 520-ish or so. A couple hours imagine. from now, just over a couple hours yeah. from now. A couple hours from now, the pregame show with Pat Steinberg gets going at the top of the clock. Um, it is uh, the big show at the Heritage Classic, brought to you by Tuxedo Sorcerer Sports. Come see why Calgarians continue to choose them for all things hockey. 2520 Center Street North. Uh, there's some Oilers warming up uh, yeah. right now, um, throwing the old pigskin around. <laughs> And I will say, credit to them, hat tip, they're throwing a CFL football around. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's a big one. You can tell with the, the different stripes on it. Yeah. The fans are starting to filter in a little bit here, get that's those a, initial first looks. That's Mr. Jack Campbell throwing the pigskin around. Oh, He's a lefty, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Looking like Boomer Esiason throwing honestly, those spirals around. Honestly, hung up there a little bit, but that's fine. <laughs>
<laughs> CFL ball is heavier. Just, just can't help It's myself. a heavier ball. Just can't help myself. You can't help yourself. Uh, it is a heavier ball. Um, What are you expecting? He's like G- the QB1. He's yeah. getting that's, uh, that's, is that R&H who's catching that's the ball for him. definitely Ryan Nugent Hopkins, too. I yeah. don't, is that Darnell Nurse over there? Uh, it is. That's yeah, Darnell that would Nurse. be Darnell Nurse. I believe Megan was having a chat with Darnell a little earlier on. Yeah. Going out, chatting with some fans, too. They're out here having uh, taking a few picks before everybody starts yeah. to get. I haven't seen any flames over there. No, There's a little ice surface that some little kids are playing on over there, though. So that's kind of a, a yeah. unique little addition to I what we're seeing that. here. Uh, as well. Um, a little Timbit hockey on yeah. the go? Timbit hockey on the go right now. You're right. I don't see any flames warming up, although Darnell Nurse. I feel Nurse, like they'd probably warm up on that side to yeah. separate. Yeah, but. for sure, just in case. Uh, Darnell Nurse um, wearing the flip-flops right now on a chilly afternoon in Edmonton. I if I were them, I'd be in the sun. They're in the shade. I'd be in the sun. Um, we're still waiting on uh, former Flame, uh, Curtis Glencross. Yeah, he's uh, on his way down to the rink and will get uh, brought down at some point. Hard to say when, you know, these things yep. go as they will. Uh, oh, <laughs> speak of the devil, there he is right behind us. Look at that. Look at this timing. Yeah, uh, so uh, timing. we'll get him on a headset here in just we a moment. We absolutely will. What are you expecting out of uh, Jigger Markstrom today? What are we expecting out of Big Markstrom? I'm expecting... Uh, I said Jacob, but if you want to throw Big, that's fine. Yeah, I'm expecting the, the big same boy. as always. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. guys. Um, yeah, I'm expecting the same Jacob Markstrom that we've seen all season. He's committed. He has been one of the stars of the team all year long. I think that's pretty fair to say. And uh, I'm excited to see how he attacks this. He's going to have a great kit. Uh, the, the pads look awesome, so that's going to be cool to see as well. Um, former Calgary Flame, uh, decked out in his uh, camo. You look snow great. Pants. You're ready to go. Ready right for now. the occasion. You were ready for the last Heritage Classic. That's what you look like you're ready for. Exactly. I've heard rumors of how cold it was in the stand, so I <laughs> definitely came prepared. Yeah, you did. Uh, that's Curtis Glencross here uh, joining us uh, on location here at the Heritage Classic. How much uh, how much butterflies do you have just watching this setup right now, wishing you were going to get out there on the ice? Oh, it's cool. Like I was standing in line getting in kind of thing and the lineup across the road and stuff like that. You walk in here and you actually look at it and it's... Uh, it's incredible. Yeah, it brings back so many memories. It's it's wicked. It's a cool event. How much visually does this remind you of the one you played in? Do you know what? Uh, visually, it's a lot the same, but uh, the, the weather's a little different, which is quite a <laughs> yeah. bit nicer. Um, but yeah, it's... I think anytime you can get out and play outside and, right. and uh, play on an outdoor rink like this, it's uh, something you always remember. Uh, were you guys ever worried about the ice when you were coming out? Do you know what the ice? Because it was so cold, it was really chippy. So yep. like you'd do a turn or whatever, and all of a sudden there'd be a hole in the ice, and they're trying to patch it up as good as they could. But it was, uh, yeah, it was the ice is snowy and flaky, and it's mm. you know it doesn't make for a real clean game when it's that cold. Hopefully, like the weather today is pretty awesome, so yep. the ice should be hopefully pretty good, and uh, it'll be a good turnout. Yeah, you like, like, I don't think it's going to be too slushy out there, but it, it's probably better to be around this temperature than, you know, chippy, like you said. Yeah, like the holes, the holes that where guys would catch a toe or something, then there'd be a big chunk, right? Like just chip mm-hmm. out, and then there'd be ice chips, like big chunks on the ice. So, um, yeah, th- no, it's, it'll be, this ice will be good. It's still, it's still cool enough. Um, the sun's pounding pretty good right now, but it'll be, Obviously, they got her tarped up nice, so it's uh, oh, keeping yeah. it fresh. Yeah. yeah, it looks like that stuff you put on your windshield in the <laughs> summer to keep your car cool. Yeah. Um, what are the sight lines like when you play a game like this? You know what? It's great because you get your friends and family and and that, and, and you make a big ordeal, a big big weekend of it, right? So, um, I you know I remember I had tons of friends and family in town. The one we did in Calgary uh, back in 2010, but it was uh, 
you know, it's just one of them things where you don't get to play in many of them. There's not many of them. You know, if you do get to play in a couple, that's great. Um, right. Guys might get to do that. But like I said, it's all family-orientated, right? You get to skate the day before with the family and yeah. get pictures and all that kind of stuff. So it's a, it's a cool experience. Uh, when you're actually playing the game on, on such a different setting, does, does it take getting used to a little bit, just how things look in the backdrop? It does because usually you're, you know, typically in a ring too. You got the fans right there, right? So it's yep. it's almost like with the glass, it's like it seems like you almost have more room than you actually think, and you think like right. the fans will back so much further, right? But it's uh, once you get out there and get settled, it takes a little bit. Uh, usually, a typical the beginning of these games are a little scrambly to get going, yeah, and then cool. everyone gets settled in, and then and then it uh, goes from there. But yeah, tons of fun. Do you think it's a bigger adjustment for the skaters or the goalies? Probably the goalies. Yeah, yeah. My guess is the goalies. Like, you know, it depends on the sun here too, right? Like. Uh, I don't know which who's in that end over there right now, but this uh, the sun coming from. You know, this will be the Flames defend twice. Yeah. This side. So that'll be it'll be better, definitely better because you're looking that way. Um, the other side, it's going to be bright um, for them, and you know, first and th- first period for sure when the sun's still up. Yeah, there might be some sun right in the eyes of Jack Campbell. Like unless the sun goes down a little bit more from what we're seeing right now. Like I'm dealing with it right now. It's it's not good. Yeah. It's going to be tough to stop pucks with this in your eyes. Um, I wanted to ask you, does this feel like a different game than the rest of the season? Because obviously the Flames season hasn't gone the way that they would have liked to start, but can you separate this game from the rest of the regular season just with how much of a spectacle it is? Well, that's the thing. You take it, uh, you know, take the experience and go out and go and have fun with it. Um, you know, both teams are struggling right now, and it's, it's a game where, you know, it's uh, not as much like they had some more downtime a little bit, right? More family-orientated families here on the road with them. Mm-hmm. They can come in and they can come in and have some fun and, you know, try to, you know, try to put the put the last few games back behind them and, and come and have fun here today. And and uh, it's it's a chance to maybe, you know, get that get that positive uh, step going into the next, you know, the next couple of weeks here because they do got a good stretch coming up the next few weeks. And, and uh, you know, it's a it's a pivotal point for them right now. We look at the standings and they're yeah. you know, both teams are in the bottom and it's, uh, you know, it's definitely one of them's got to come out of this and get some momentum going. Uh, it is the big show at the Heritage Classic, brought to you by Tuxedo Sorcerer Sports. Uh, former Calgary Flame Curtis Glencross joining us here. Uh, right by the ice. We're right by the ice level here. Yes, we on are. On Sportsnet uh, 960. Defend. We talked about it. Uh, it looks like McDavid's going to play. Like, we're getting indications that he's going to play today. How much do you think he was pushing to play in this type of game? We know he's banged up, has that upper body injury, but how much do you think he was pressing, like, i, I got to get out there in this type of atmosphere? Oh, he's – I'd be willing to bet quite a bit on it that he'll be out there playing today. Um, <laughs> You know, it's it's one of the hype of the game. Um, you know, he's been working hard, probably, obviously, getting ready for it. And this is probably probably one of the you know when he did get go down kind of thing. This has been one of his target dates to kind of probably get going and and uh, get back on the ice. And and uh, you know, it'll be a it'll be a jump in their step too, having him back in the lineup. And uh, you know, we gotta definitely have to weather that storm because he's gonna be you know if he's feeling. 90% he's still coming at you right? right like he's uh you know he's that that kind of player and that's uh you know can set you know he can set the tempo of the game and control the game right and you know even at 90% um what's the difference of getting hit in a regular season game and then getting hit I, I know you played in a freezing game and it's not going to be <laughs> like that but what was it like getting hit in temperatures like that you know what it's it's the same you get going you're, you get warmed up right I was uh I was talking to a bunch of guys before because you know obviously the one we had in Calgary you know, we had the big heaters blown into the, into the seats on the bench, and we couldn't even sit on the bench for the first little while. We had to get the trainers to put towels down because it was <laughs> the heat was they had the heat yeah. pumping out because they have like vents in the front of the bench to keep your feet warm and all that kind of stuff. But we couldn't sit down for the first while because it was so hot on our butt. So we had to put towels <laughs> no. down so we could actually sit down. But today it's going to be this is a you know perfect storm. It is uh, for this perfect kind of weather, event, right? And uh, no, it'll be it'll be wicked. Who's got the better uniforms for this? Oh, Ooh. that's a good question. I don't. They're both they're both pretty good. I. I'm kind of a little bit biased, I guess. I, I kind of like the Flames one. 
But yeah. uh, you know, they they did a good job with both sets of them, and you know, it's it's cool. Like even you know, I look back at ours when we had too, like the you know, not very often you see the like the cream colored pants and yep. the cream colored gloves and that kind right. of thing, right? It's a it's a cool experience. I still have. You know, I got I still have my jersey, and it's funny because, you know, looking to come here, and I was looking through my closet too, and we got the big, big, big parkas, yep. that kind of thing, and I yep. almost wore my big parka, parka, but it was like the, you know, the, the striped and the the heritage class, just like kind of like the jerseys kind of thing, right? So yeah. it was, uh, you know, lots of still lots of memorabilia that I have uh, from it, and you know, even like the it's kind of cool because it was so cold when we when we did it, so all of our Under Armour gear too, like they had different temperature, like they had a insulated one, a thinner one, kind of thing, so that it, you could kind of you know, manage the temperature kind of thing. Did, did any guys go tarp off underneath still? Oh, I doubt it. No, that was... That was <laughs> oh! Yeah. Might have went a little chaffed on the... Yeah, uh, cutting uh, diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Um, this is going to be a ton of fun out here. I did want to ask you, um, hockey helps the homeless. You're wearing the sweater today. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Brent Cron was in with us earlier and was talking about how he was going to play in the game, and he was very excited about it. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, the organization? What's going on? Yeah, we uh, we played. It was on Friday, so yeah. we uh, yeah we just uh, came off it. Uh, you know, they do such a great job. They they um, they connect up with uh, have to have free manatee too, and and uh, you know help people get into homes and that kind of stuff. It's a it's a fun event. They do a good job. It's a one day event in Calgary. They raise raise good money and and uh, obviously going to the right cause. So it's uh, we had I don't know how many alumni. There was probably 20, 25 alumni out at the event on Friday, and um, they, then they you know you play your three games during the day, and then you have a dinner and a little hot stove and that mm. kind of thing. So. Yeah, this year uh, they had three of the Sutter brothers up there doing the hot stove this year. So, um, you know, it's always good to get guys up, tell stories and that kind of thing. So it was uh, definitely definitely a fun day. And, and one, I've been a part of that one ever since I retired, kind of the first year I was out, um, got nice. into that. And, you know, there's that one. Then there's Gordy Hell Pro-Am, yep. um, a lot of them that we do. And they're just good events and, and raise money for great causes. So uh, How was Cron? Yeah, I was going to I didn't play against him, so oh. I didn't get to see him. No, mm. but Probably yeah, bad. He said he, was, he said he's held his own, so you know, I talked to him after. Uh, I'm sure he was an absolute wall. Uh, in there. Wanted to ask you about this. A uh, lot of uh, interesting comments coming out of the Flames dressing room here uh, lately. Do you guys really care that much if some guy goes to the media and talks about it? Does, does it really does it really resonate that much in the room? Or it's kind of part of the gig that, yeah, some guys maybe say a little too much, but it really doesn't affect the guys in the room. H- how do you think that plays in the Flames dressing room when you have a guy like Zadorov talking about how guys aren't playing as a team and they need to play more connected? How does that play in the room? You know, I don't think I don't think you know you read too much into it kind of thing. I think at the end of the day, you know, they all want to be in that room. They all want to be doing better. They're all they're all you know under the under the microscope right now, and and I'm sure they've had a ton of team meetings and captains meetings and that kind of stuff to try to figure stuff out. And you know, it gets you know I don't I don't mind it. Um, you know, Z coming out and you know calling some guys out and and you know get them to kind of step up a little bit. I think that uh, when you can do that and you know it's. It can go two ways, right? It can be really good. It can kind of give guys a little more, give them a little drive kind of thing. Yeah. But, it, you know, there's been enough talk about it, enough, and it's at the point now where, you know, guys, I like showing that. I like him having some motion, some fire, yep. right? You yep. know, he shows he cares. He wants to be out there. He wants this team to, you know, he's uh, he's a big part of this team. And, uh, you know, he's been he's been playing, you know, he's been playing good hockey for us. So, you know, when a guy like leadership guy, an older guy like that comes out and says a little bit, I, I'm fine with that because, you know, it, it hopefully, yep. hopefully lights a little bit of a fire too, right? Um, Curtis, you, you'd obviously played in the show how much do we forget as fans and media because we always talk about you know guys need to be there has to be chemistry you need to have a good room but ultimately you play for yourself and your career 
Like, how did you separate that? Like, you want the team to do well, but also for yourself, you know, as a professional athlete, you have to make sure that you're performing at your highest level. How did you manage that when you played in the NHL? You know, at the most successful teams, like, you play as a team, right? It's, uh, you're, you have to take yourself out of it. You want to do what you can do for the team. Lots of guys have to change roles. They have to change positions. They have to do whatever, whatever it is to make that team successful, right? You see guys have to adapt all the time, whether you're playing bottom six, top six. Things aren't going good in the top six. You've got to adapt to that role in the bottom six. Mm-hmm. And it's, you, it's, that's part of the, it's part of it. it you know, it is, a. you know, it's a game. It's that we all love to play, but it's also a business. And, you know, at the end of the day, we, you know, it's, your own personal success is going to come from good team success, right? right. You look at guys that, uh, you know, lots of teams win the cup, but suddenly next year they have a few key parts of their team that have to move on because, you know, it's, you know, different situations, cap situations, contracts are up kind of thing. Um, the money is not there. But um, them guys always find a job after too because, you know, they're good they're a good team guy, knows how to win, and is part of a part of a puzzle piece that you're trying to put together, right? So um, you see a lot of them guys that uh, you know have great success in other teams, and like I said, win cups, that kind of thing, go to other teams, and it's a matter of, okay, now how do we, how do we, how do we bring this, you know, bring this experience and and bring that mentality and and bring that winning to another locker room, mm-hmm. right? So um, there's lots of different aspects to it. You haven't been out of the game for long, but does it look like that's maybe changed even since you've hung them up? You know what? It's. I think it's changed maybe a little bit. Um, you know, like I said, just with the cap stuff, right? And yeah. The money. It's. It's. It's a different game. It's quite a bit different game. Um, so definitely, definitely has changed a bit. But at the same time, you know, like I said, it doesn't matter if you're. You know, when you get to the individual side and personal side, that's you're better off to. You know, if you can. Your, the ultimate goal at the end of the day is winning as a team, and if you can play that team aspect and that kind of stuff, you're always going to have a job. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know as. You know, and, and the thing is right now, like with the cap the way it is and, and, and the amount of money that guys are spending on contracts, like it's and that's that's the tough part. Like when you're a bottom six guy, you know, it's that's where they kinda have to lean on, you know, you have to be first of all you have to be a you can be switched out all the time, right? Because that's how they're going to get to the cap. You're bringing young guys in, yeah. in the less pay, and you have to you have to adjust to that. And uh, so then bottom six guys, like it's a, you know, they're an important important part of your team because you can't can't win with two lines, right? Um, and so to to go on that, right? Yeah. You have to you have to have a good bottom six, and you have to have guys that want to play that role. Uh, mm-hmm. I just wanted to ask you too. Uh, we talked about it earlier. Uh, Elias Lindholm goes from two years ago from playing on the best line in the NHL with Goudreau and Kachuk, and today he's playing with a rookie. Uh, in Dryden Hunt, uh, we think that potentially could be on his wing, but that was the the line we saw in practice yesterday. Sure, he could be on a line with Elias Lindholm today. Like the NHL comes at you fast, doesn't it? When you look to your left and right, and you have Goudreau and Kachuk, and all of a sudden you're playing with a rookie at the Heritage Classic. Yeah, you know what? That's 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 part of it, right? Right now they're just trying to figure out something that's going to click, right? Dryden plays hard, gets in the corners, right? Battles hard. He's going to, you know, be physical presence and open up some ice. You know, Lindy, Lindy, when he gets the puck and, you know, his when he's at the best of his game too, he's that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's battling yep. the corners. He's shooting the puck, right? And, you know, I think, you know, you, you can't really look into it too much. Like right now I said, everything's kind of in a blender. They're trying to find some chemistry between some guys. Yep. And, hey, you know what? Whether you're a rookie or a veteran guy, you know, Y'all got to get a shot sometime, and if you get put in the right situations, right, you never know what's going to come of it, right? right. And uh, so, like, you can't. I know it's it's tough to go and look at that when you see a guy like Lindy going down the lineup, but you know, Lindy's a he's a valuable part of this team, and you know, first guy on the penalty kill. You know what I mean? Like, he yeah. plays every role and plays big minutes, mm-hmm. and he's a you know, in order for this team to be successful, he's going to be a big part of that too.
Uh, Curtis Glencross, former member of the Calgary Flames, played for the Oilers too. But uh, you're a Flames guy, briefly. Uh, briefly. Uh, you're a Flames guy through and through. You got your uh, you got your camel, you got your snow pants on. You got the camo on right now. Uh, looking forward to uh, the game. Thanks for jumping in, pal. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, straight ahead, the franchise. Eric yep. Francis going to join He's us. He's over it's hobnobbing with Greg Kissel right now. He's definitely a hobnobber. Yeah, uh, it's big the big time. show at the Heritage Classic, brought to you by Tuxedo Sorcerer Sports. Come see why uh, Calgarians continue to choose them for all things hockey. 2520 Center Street North. You're listening to Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Oh, yeah, it's the big show at the Heritage Classic. We're at, we're literally leaning on the boards right now. Brought to you by Tuxedo Sorcerer Sports. Come see why Calgarians continue to choose them for all things hockey. 2520 Center Street North. Pat Steinberg has the pregame show at the top of the hour. Puck drop, meh, 520-ish. With Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson joining us uh, in our little studio here, our little perch. Yes. Uh, the franchise himself covers the Flames for Sportsnet, Mr. Eric Francis. How did you weasel your way over here? You don't have, like, the, all the letters of the alphabet like Maddie and I do. Yeah, I was. I, I had to kind of finagle my way down here yesterday. You know, I, this is like the fifth outdoor game I've been to, and it's always an issue, no matter if you do have the right letters on your credentials or not. It's always a, they don't want anybody hanging around on the glass. Right. During practice or anything like that, and I don't know. I, I don't. I get it. I guess I don't know. But uh, this is pretty. This is pretty awesome. Like you, yeah. you are literally leaning against the boards. Yes. The the ice is right there. It's yep. uh, and even in a jaded old sports scribe like myself, you know, <laughs> I'm not. I don't think outdoor games like they don't move the needle for me in a big way. But when you get here, and I've always said yep. this, whenever you get there and you get to the stadium, it's a spectacle. And the league does such an amazing job at it. I don't expect people at home to care. I don't expect people in other cities, provinces, or countries to care about this game. Right. But I I tell you that everyone here will remember this day for the rest of their life. I really believe that. It feels like these aren't a spectacle for everybody across the nation, though, anymore. It's kind of like the Global Series, right? It's for the people that are around it. You can throw a little bit of money into the market that way and really get to kind of celebrate these two markets. But over the years, they've kind of died down as far as the interest from a national perspective, right? For sure. Celebration of the game, and that's all it is. It's a local celebration of the game. Like the Fan Fest last night, and this city's been on fire for the last three days as people get ready for this. And the lineup for the merchandise is, you know, it's massive up there and 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 it's not cheap and it's but it's beautiful stuff and it's unique and and people want a piece of this and they want again they want another memory uh to remind them of of today and you know it's funny I, so you you probably told everyone about the boys walking in without shirts someone clearly forgot to wear shirts uh, yeah, order the shirts they were wearing uh, what the coveralls coveralls like chippendales far, yeah. farmers i don't i guess they're going for the alberta farmer kind of look i don't really know what it's it tough was. to say yeah. cowboy yeah. hat and um and uh, and and it's just you know they they this is a uniquely Alberta flavor and yep. in that vein so I just ran into Brett Kissel who I've known for years played a lot of golf with him great guy he's going to sing the national anthem tonight country music star and uh, he and then Glenn Cross comes over after talking with you guys and Kurt Kissel's like hey Curtis I want to buy some some uh, cows off you I've been meaning to talk to you I got a two hundred thousand dollar loan I want I, I bought some land for my grandfather and I want to 
put cows on it. Yeah. Can I buy some from you? And he's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. I know a guy who knows a guy. Uh, years ago, I did a feature with, right? This is Alberta. brokering a deal. Alberta. It's right amazing. $200,000 deal just went down yeah. right behind me. Yeah. And years ago, probably a dozen years ago, whenever Glenn Cross was playing for the Flames, I went to his place. His, he's got a place out in Sylvan Lake, just outside of Sylvan Lake where I spend my summers. And I went to his acreage i don't know it's a ton of land and he just moves the cows from one kind of area to the other to the fresh grass to the fr- and he it, i get there and i had no idea that I, he was going to put me to work like and i'm corralling these these uh these cows and he goes do you want a horse or do you want an atv i go i, I go i said i, I just want to set this one out i just i think i'll just write from afar anyway I, I grabbed an atv and at one point they identified a cow that had hoof rot this was oh. a new thing for me, but yeah. uh, I didn't have it. But the, 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 oh, that's good. The cow did, yeah. Right. I Can felt, it spread? Uh, I hope not. And uh, and and so so his his mom was going to wade into the woods to, to flesh this cow out because it needed treatment and it was hiding because it didn't want to be touched. And anyway, she hands me their infant child. I'm telling you, the baby's a year old, <laughs> not, not a day older. And she just hands the baby to me. And so she's like, come on, follow me. So I'm driving an ATV with one hand and cradling a baby in the other. Right. Alberta. Yeah. I'll just sum it up by saying Alberta. Yes. Like, I just feel like the safety standards are not yeah. similar to other places. Uh, uh, uh. France, I'm going to be honest with you. My come to Alberta moment was when I realized that you can get a driver's license at 14. I'm like, excuse me? Yeah, my daughter went, just went through that. <laughs> 14? Scary. Terrifying. It's a learner. It is terrifying. It's a learner. Yeah, yeah, it's actually, I was terrified too, but my daughter just turned 17, and I actually think it's the best program because they can only drive with you. And then when she turned 16, like I'm like, here's the keys, go. Like oh, I, wow. I know you can drive. So. Mm. Okay, anyway, but it is an Alberta thing. I had to get used Definitely to that is. too. Yeah. Um, that's Eric Francis uh, joining <laughs> us here. It's the big show uh, live at the Heritage Classic. We're pretty much on the glass. You can put them on the glass, like Sir Mixaclot. Uh, brought to you by Tuxedo Sorcerer Sports. Come see why Calgarians <laughs> continue to choose them oh, for all wow. things hockey. Twenty-five twenty Center Street North. Really, not one of his biggest hits. Um, wanted to ask you, how come it's so quiet on the No Hanneman front all of a sudden? Elliot's report. I saw Elliot. He's down there. Yeah. Uh, he's hobnobbing with Sportsnet people. Remember, he said on Hockey Night, hey, it, could, it, it felt like it was imminent. Now, all of a sudden, doesn't feel too imminent. Franchise, what's going on? Yeah. I, uh, I think that it's not a coincidence that we haven't heard anything more on that, and the team's <laughs> lost four in a row. Mm. It's not a coincidence, guys. Like, this franchise could be on the precipice of having to make a major shift in mentality. And uh, maybe that's a little overdramatic, but I'm telling you that I don't think you're going to see anybody signed anytime soon because I think everybody's got to be like, wait a second. I think, first of all, the players, like I think they should be the ones putting on the brakes. If Lindholm or Hannafin felt like they were close, if I were them, I'd be like, we just went through a year of this and it sucked. Yeah. Are we on board for another year of this or eight more? I think I'm going to wait it out because I think patience is the best for both sides at this point in time because the organization also – what if they lose eight in a row here mm-hmm. and, and, and they're almost out of the playoff spot, you know, by mid-November? Well, then then uh, then you are approaching things in a much different way, and I'm not sure you are locking up the court. You're now locking up young assets. So stay tuned, but nothing's no pro- programming is coming imminently, if you know what I mean. Right. I don't think, you know, and that's, that's what my intel is telling me too. And maybe getting a, uh, the horse ahead of the cart a little bit here, but – how does management talk to ownership about going about that if it does turn out to be, in fact, maybe signing these guys isn't the best course of action for our group? 
Well, I, I think it would be harder if it was Brad Living who got to this point and after signing all these guys and investing money, then he would have said, hey, I got I to gotta change course here. I didn't see this coming, but I got to change course. That's a tough conversation. When you're a brand-new GM, everybody knew going into this season that this was going to be a very interesting wait-and-see season. Nobody really knew what we were going to get from this team. We still don't. I mean, obviously, the early signs are not good. But, you know, I think they're going to give it a good 20-game kind of sample size. By then, it could be really, really bad. By then, it could have leveled out. Uh, we'll wait and see. How much of this almost relies, like, we, we're going to see Huberto and Kadri on a line. Like, if those two can get going, and this, this line can work, it doesn't feel like it would, knowing how, you know, prior samples have gone. But if they can get Coronado with Huberto and Cadre to work, all of a sudden you feel a lot better about how this team can work offensively. Sure. Well, if you can ma- wave yeah. a magic wand and get three of your most important players to play well together, <laughs> I think it stands to reason that any team in the league would suddenly start winning a whole lot more games. Yeah. Uh, that's the, you know, I would say it's the biggest question is, you know, can, can they get those two guys going? But we can't forget that the third biggest question going into the season, and they were all equal to me, was could the goaltending rebound? Mm-hmm. We've seen that happen to a pretty good degree so far. So I think a lot of people are like, okay, that, that part's not a concern anymore. Markstrom's got his head straight again. But those two guys, it, those two guys are what this franchise is all about right now. If they don't get it together, this, this is going to be a long year. Um, Eric, at what point, and, and I kind of brought this up to Frank on Friday, Saravalli, at what point does Kadri say I've had enough? I need to change. Like, I know the contract's an albatross, but I'm sure he still has value around the league. At what point, the, the guy has one assist in eight games. He's a minus nine or ten, whatever it is right now. At what point does he say, it's not working here? Like, we've seen enough. I don't, he could probably say that to himself privately at some point, but he can't ever go to management and say it's time for a trade or this isn't working out. I mean, he made the commitment. There's no team in the league trading for Nazem Kadri right now unless the Calgary Flames sweeten the deal by giving up draft picks as well and or paying a good chunk of the salary. Keep in mind, when he got signed a year and a half ago, or whatever the summer was, um, no other team was willing to pay that sort of money for Nazem Kadri. This was the highest bidder. Since then, his stock has plummeted. Mm-hmm. It's not like you can go back out to the market and go, who was second in the bidding? Mm-hmm. Who who is kicking tires on this? They've moved on, and they don't want somebody else's throwaway. So, I'm not going to say you can't ever get rid of a, a contract like Cadre's or Huberto's because around the league we've seen a million contracts where you're like, right, that is going to be horrific, and no one's ever going to get rid of it, whether it's Shea Weber or or that was injury related, but it could just be a guy who's just a complete dud. Oliver yeah. Ekman Larson, that's a good one, I guess. But these guys are bigger names than that. Yep. But but anyway. There are ways to get rid of these deals if you decide that that's the way you're going to do it. But it's not happening anytime soon. It's not happening this year. I don't see it happening next year. Even if they do decide 20 games in, we're doing a massive rebuild. You still can't give away, trade those guys when their stock is this low. What have you made of the way the lines have been changing up quite a bit, whether it's practice to practice or shift to shift? <laughs> My heart breaks for Husk every time I see a line combination. I'm like, ah, oh, this poor guy is just trying everything. Just and I can't blame them because nothing is getting gaining traction. Except for the old line that always works, but you kind of don't want those guys to play together and hope that Backlund, Coleman, or Mangiapane can kickstart somebody else. That's but... always the thing, right? Oh, everybody always says if you put somebody with Backlund, you can turn them around. Well, they've tried that to a degree to some guys. I'm not sure we've seen much Huberdo and Backlund. That would be an interesting combination that maybe they want to look at. It's the one I want to see. It is? Well, yeah, because he's the fixer. Yeah. Like, yeah fix no, that guy. Fix them. 
I could see it. You know, put Kadri in one wing and Huberdeau on the other. I don't know. Like, hey, we're, we could sit here and spitball on all the line combinations we want. That's exactly what the coaching staff's been doing. Exactly what they're yeah. doing. And, uh, you know, I, I know that he's got kind of a the, – the coach has kind of a theory on lines. He wants a playmaker on every line. He wants a speed guy. And he wants a grit guy on every line. So when he's piecing together these lines – Where's the finisher? Yeah. That's the, he's trying to, that you're telling me that, but there's no right. finish on that's this right. team. We're missing a couple finishers here on every line. So that's the problem right now, obviously. It is uh, – It is. listen, it's never as bad as you think. I will no. say that. I've, yeah. I'll repeat it again. I've just been in this league so many years. There are times when you think, oh, my Lord, we're going to show up tomorrow and half the guys are just going to quit. Yeah. Well, it doesn't work that way. No. You show up, the sun rises, and you figure it out, and at some point – Things start to equal out. I'm not saying they're going to go on a big run. I'm just going to say it seems like the sky's falling right now. I don't feel like it's going to feel that way all year long, even if there is a rebuild that has to be decided on. I think like, I, I, I think the idea of moving Kadri to the wing and just trying to create more things has interested me. Obviously, it's easier when Rizich gets healthy and you have another centerman that you can kind of throw. Yeah. But have you liked the experimentation moving Kadri out of the center position, which he's done for his entire career? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's the answer. Like I, I thought Kadri two games ago was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, last game, nobody was good. Yeah. Um, I, I was saying this to Pat the other day. Like I think we've got Kadri wrong to a degree. I mean, everybody always talks about Kadri by saying, and you know, you know, George from his days in Toronto was all oh, he's got to play on the edge. He's got to play on the edge, but he can't go over. He can't go over. But he's got to play on the edge. I have seen in the year at plus he's been here. I have not seen him on the edge once. That fight three games ago or whatever was the first time i saw any emotion when he screamed over at the bench afterwards yeah other than that You're i don't right. i don't see a guy playing on the edge i don't see a guy arguing with refs i don't see him running him into jordan biddington do you no i don't see him don't doing see anything and you know talking to people this has been a fantastic couple of days just in terms of talking to people around the league and talking to some pretty prominent former players that i was talking to this morning they're like when you win a cup and you also get that big fat contract at the end that is like i you know you've made it it's harder to care as much. And the guy was just being honest. He goes, like, I went through it myself. He said, once you get a cup and or you get that big payday, it's a little bit harder for you to show up and be that hungry as you were before that. Hmm. And, well, we, we did see him slam the water bottle down in frustration. I didn't see, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. I, so I that's see twice. That on the broadcast, yeah. That's twice. Mm-hmm. Like, at least he Am did Am I that. wrong? Like, do you guys see... No, he's Do you remember not, last year? He didn't fight no, all last year, and it no. doesn't have to be a fight, but just... But, but Eric, the, the guy got traded from the Leafs because he loved playing for the Leafs too much, and he couldn't control himself in the playoffs and took stupid suspensions. Yeah. Like, that's the same player we're seeing playing for the Calgary Flames who at some games looks like a ghost. Yeah. The guy who got traded from the Leafs for loving to play for the Leafs so much is a ghost for the Calgary Flames mm-hmm. more times than not. There's games where I don't even notice him. Absolutely. Which yeah. is shocking, yeah. Because when he started here, the la- the first ten games, he, he was, was our best player, hundred yep. percent. What was everybody saying? Wow, he's better than I even thought. Yes. Yeah. But where'd that go? I don't know. Where you, did that go? Like I, it, it's so frustrating. It's on and mind blowing. There's the only person who can figure it out is him, and you just worry that if he can't, well, then that's seven more years of that. Now I, again, Six we more. we we don't know what happened behind the scenes with Daryl being gone as the head coach. Yeah. But we did hear there were some players piping up that they didn't want to play for Daryl Sutter anymore. I think I know where you're going with this. I'm, <laughs> I'm asking, but I'm not asking you. We'll see on that list. I think it's pretty. You know, I wasn't in any of those meetings. I've spoken to some people behind the scenes. It's pretty obvious. Yeah, it's, it's pretty evident that 
that him and Huberto, amongst others. Hey, there were a lot of guys who just found this whole situation untenable. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people who listen are just thinking, well, you know, enough of the Daryl stuff. Like, this is on the players now. And it is. Like, it the is. players got what they wanted. Now it's on them. And there's no excuses, no, yeah. like, shame on them if they can't turn this around. Then, it, then they got a guy fired who maybe, uh, in some people's eyes, didn't deserve to be fired. I still think that the culture that was being built here needed to end immediately and so i think the right call was made but at the end of the day these players got what they wanted now now they better give something back this is going to be a big game both these teams have lost four in a row and feels like it could springboard either way what are you thinking as far as just the battle of alberta the way these two teams find themselves in the standings off to a start and a couple of teams that obviously have bigger aspirations than what their respective starts have been i i think this will be a muted version of the battle of alberta just mm. because everything's so different i don't think you're going to see the vitriol the shoving the pushing i'm not sure guys want to fight when it's this cold out i i, I and i don't know i hope i'm wrong and i hope we do see that because there needs to be emotion on both sides because yep. both teams are so desperate um what i am thinking of as i try to look ahead to what we're going to be writing about and talking about in four hours from now is you know, McDavid loves the big stage so much. McDavid is going to play in this game, in my opinion. I don't think there's been much question over the last several days. And my guess is this guy comes out here and absolutely does what he does against the Flames almost every time. Three or four points. Yep. He's the star of the show. He's the headline. He's exactly what the league is hoping for today. And I think that's, I wouldn't be shocked if that's exactly what we see. Um, I had this uh, conversation with Maddie on the way up. I want to get your opinion. What do you think the fan split is going to be here? I'm saying 70-30 Oilers in the stands. What do you think the the, the split is? Because right now I look out, I see a lot of uh, orange and blue. There's I a lot see of red flames. over there where the flames are warming up. Flames are doing the old soccer ball warm-up where the Oilers have gone for a football-soccer well, combo. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh... I would say that you're looking at probably 85 to 80 percent Oiler fans. I mean, it's because it's, it's in Edmonton. They're, hey, the Flames fans are well represented here. Like obviously at every hotel, I've been to a couple of lobbies of hotels last two days here, and it's Flames people everywhere. Obviously littering the hotels and 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 I, in all the bars and everything that I've been. Uh, not that I went to a lot of them, but you know, yeah, okay, a guy's yeah. got to eat, right? Keep saving right. a beauty. You're right. And so uh, you're not going to you're not going to a fast food restaurant. No, no you got to no, live. No, I got a per diem, fast. right? I got yeah, of I gotta course live you it do. up. Yeah. Right? you got a per diem. C note per day. Oh, yeah, What's we'll that? talk later. You didn't get one. Oh, what? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Per sorry. diem. What does that mean? I've never heard that before. I was strictly told by my boss, don't say anything in front of the radio guys. Okay. But they, I think it'll be 80, 85 percent Oiler fans. But but again, kudos to all the Flames fans who came out here kudos to all the fans like they, these tickets are dear it's an expensive proposition i thought about bringing my son out to this and getting my wife and daughter if they wanted to come and uh, i looked at the prices and i just thought like hey i'm not sure it's the best viewing experience anyway an outdoor game but they would have loved the spectacle they had gone to mcmahon stadium they saw it so i'm like ah they've seen that right the prices were were very expensive and so good on these people for coming out um i look up at the and you know when people love hockey franchise you look up to the top of commonwealth stadium yeah and there are people literally sitting in the top row yeah. of this stadium it's cool. in the shade in the yeah. in, in the breeze to watch That's a three right. inch cold. disc float around here good yeah. luck you gotta My love no chance you gotta a love hockey and b love your team when you're sitting in the upper deck here yeah. in the last row i i find that these outdoor games you spend most of the game watching it on the big screen there it's yeah. like when you go to a concert if we're all going to be honest unless you got primo seats you end up watching most of it on the big screens right and it'll be the same today but look at those people up there in the top 
very top right corner. Yeah. I don't. They can't see that screen, and I don't see another big screen. So <laughs> they are definitely sewered uh, today. <laughs> that didn't work out too well for no. them. But you know what? They'll always be able to say I was there. Yep. And uh, especially if their boy pops off today like i think a lot of people expect yep they'll be able to say i was there when mcdavid came back and saved our season no oh boy um, i don't know if that's gonna happen oh but boy. that's what uh, a lot of people think do you have a real quick something irking you right now <laughs> oh good question i'm sorry i should oh, come damn on damn it well I, I i didn't appreciate them not wanting to let anybody out here on the ice yeah, but then again, I didn't have the proper credentials, so I. But guess you're I can't. Eric Mother Bleeping oh, Francis. God, yeah, that's and I think that's part of the reason why. Not only was I not being allowed in here, I think they contemplated kicking me out. Okay, so yeah. um, that hurts me a little. That Perfect little. stuff. Cheers, boys. Good to see you. Enjoy see this. You what too. a great experience. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Should be an unbelievable game. Um, that's pretty much it for us. Get out I think of we've got a lot of time. You're Patty's doing a um, show. You're doing intermissions and uh, the post game show. First intermission, I'm going to chat with a flame. I don't know who, and then I'll be grabbing some audio. I'm not doing post game show, but I got I got to do a little work here today. My job's not done. Okay, uh, you're working. I'm pretty much done. I can just lightly touch the sauce. Yeah, I can't get fully into it. I no, can I'm touch the kidding. sauce, but just you kidding. and I, uh, <laughs> there should be a stool for both of us in the corner. Hopefully, hopefully we'll go find out. We'll get uh, out of the absolutely. way here. Let Steinberg take over. Do um, the real radio show. The uh, the pregame show is straight ahead uh, with Pat Steinberg. Uh, this has been the big show at the Heritage Classic at Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton. Brought to you by Tuxedo Sorcerer Sports. Come see why Calgarians continue to choose them for all things hockey. 2520 Center Street North. Big thanks uh, to our pal Shan back at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio in Calgary. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the festivities. Pat Steinberg next with the pregame show and then puck drop probably around 515, 520-ish with Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson. Enjoy the festivities. Enjoy the game. That's it for us. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu. Sit. Good dog.